Voice of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. This week, we explore how freedom, like life, is both a gift to be received with gratitude and a task to be pursued with courage. The sermon comes from Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. So I've been thinking about freedom. That's no big surprise, right? It's, uh, it's that time of uh, its year. It's also that time of my life. As you know, I'm retiring. And the question, the number one question that I get is, what are you going to do with all your free time? <laughs> to which I respond, I don't know yet. Ask me in a year. <laughs> what will you do with all the freedom that you have is not just a question of where I'm in my season of life, but it seems to me, and Rocky echoed it in her, in her piece, is what are we going to do with the freedom that we've been given? What are we going to do with this freedom thing, this experiment that started not in 1776, that was a milestone for sure. It started way back in 1600s, early 1600s, almost 400 years ago when John Winthrop, the, the minister on board of the Arabella, and as they were coming to this new land, this land of new possibility, Gave the famous sermon about the city on a hill, taking it from Matthew about the light that shines on the hill that all might see, and said, listen, that's you. That's you. You are going to be that city on the hill, and it doesn't happen by itself. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take a commitment to the common good. This is going to be a venture of your faith, and he said in no uncertain terms, and be, know this, the eyes of, the, of all people will be on us. Almost 400 years ago. How are we doing with that freedom thing on this July 4th? On this July 4th of 2022, how is that freedom thing going? And as I was thinking about that this weekend and thinking about that, uh, the words of this passage that we have in front of us today out of Galatians, it's about freedom. And it struck me that there are maybe three symbols that that capture, uh, capture that for me. And, and the first one, the first one is just the simple symbol of, of a flag. This is the, the, the symbol of the great promise of, of liberation, of, of, of self-determination. And it is always, and from the very beginning, it is, it is a liberation from, from the oppression, from the requirements, from the restrictions to a possibility of what's going to be. And it strikes me that the, the path to freedom always, always, always begins with liberation from. But it dare not stop there. It always starts there. And it stops, starts there, not just in countries, but with people. Getting to be a grandparent, I get to see that again from a very early stage, that, that the whole route of freedom and self-determination of a child is the route first of being liberated from. I don't have to sit in that high chair anymore. I can cross the street without holding your hand. Even when it's not safe and we want you to hold our hand anyway. I can take the training wheels off my bike and then again liberation from do I have to go to school today do I have to do homework do I have to take a nap all of these things these these steps these these absolutely necessary 
steps of what does it mean to get to determine and have self-determination to the time when I'm old enough I can drive a car. I can sign a contract. I can buy a beer. All of these things, all of these things are signs and mileposts of someone coming into their own. It always begins, it always begins with a liberation from the restrictions, a liberation from what used to be. It's part of what it means to be human. Even the liberation from faith. There is a time and a place where those of us who grew up in a faith have feel like we need to step away and we need to put some distance. If this is going to be more than a borrowed faith, if this is going to be something more than was imposed on me by those over me, then I have to be able to step away from it. Often in youth, but I'm amazed how often that is still, that the lingering of that still happens with adults. I have kidded before that uh, one of the conversations that, that I always dread when people find out I'm a minister is how many times people go into this litany of all the reasons they haven't been to church for a while. Well, you know, I had a real hard childhood, or oh, I just had this, or I've been so busy. It's like, do you want me to write you a permission note? Do you need me to sign off on something? And it's, it's very much that parental kind of faith that's been imposed and people are still pushing away. And faith is still in that, in that same stage of pushing away from. Or when I come and talk to somebody, go, oh, you know, I haven't been giving for a while, but I will be giving. It's like, I don't care. I don't care. That's not why I'm here. <laughs> you can trust that if I'm calling on you, it has nothing to do with your pledge or lack of it. I'm reminded of in seminary when uh, coming in the first time that there was chapel in seminary and the professor who was in charge of it all said, now listen, some of you have come from Christian colleges where chapel was required. And you're going to find out that chapel's not required here. And so the first thing you're going to do is rebel and not come to chapel because you don't have to. I hope you'll get over that rather soon, he said. I hope that you will start to come, not, not because you have to, but because you choose to. It is that, is that same act of faith where we do it in, in reaction to and we're pushing away. And self-determination means it is liberation from, and it is always the necessary first step, but it can never, ever be the final step. Because if all we do is to find liberation by all the things which we do not have to do, then freedom itself is still tied to what it is that I'm pushing against. More than that, it is, it is that motion of if we are continually pushing ourselves away from one another, that we begin to disintegrate as a people. Anybody notice in the headlines, on the news, anybody notice in the conversations how much of our conversation is, is people pushing themselves away, declaring their own rights, pushing themselves away and pushing others, and there is a sense of disintegration. If all we do is stand for and fight for the right to not have to do what people want us to do, then we, then we face that, that warning from Paul says, be careful that you don't use your freedom to devour one another because if all you do if all you do is push and, and push and, and fight against then all you're doing is imploding upon yourself 
And what was true in a first century church, one of the earliest, earliest pieces of scripture we have is the book of Galatians. As a, as a people were, were beginning to experience this liberation from law. And Paul is saying, but it's more than that. Because, because the next step is not just what you were liberated from, but what will you give your allegiance to? Which brings me to the second symbol that I want to use today, and that's of a kite. I've loved this image. I've loved this image ever since I, with my own children, got to fly kites. Or even myself as a child flying a kite. And I remember in the parking lot of a grocery store over a vacant lot, so the kite could go way, way up there. And the more string, the higher it went, the more it soared. And then, and then there is always that thought, isn't there? Well, what would happen if I just let go? Wouldn't it just take off? And if you've ever tried it, you know, no, it doesn't. It crashes to the ground. That somehow the, 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 the freedom to soar, the, the freedom for that kite to be a kite, to soar at its height is directly connected to what it is tied to. And as with kites, so with people. Our freedom, our freedom is always not just a way of getting further and further away from, but our ability to soar and to catch and to be is directly connected to that which we are tethered, to what we give our allegiance to. And it's not if we will be tied to something, only what. So choose well. I think it was Frederick Buechner who, who did this wonderful thing about freedom and just says, listen, you are free to the degree that the master you have chosen gives it to you. I know that sounds like a paradox, but, but he goes on to say, listen, if, if, you, if your master, if, if what you have done is, is the law of the land, you have the freedoms that are granted by that law. But what you don't have always is the freedom of your own conscience when it goes against those laws. Likewise, if you decide to tether yourselves to your own conscience and your own conscience alone, you are given the, the ability to live guilt-free because you're doing what you think is right. But then you're no longer free to just your own basic appetites. If you decide that I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it as I choose to do it, you are free to gratify those desires, but then you have lost the freedom to be human. At least the humanity that you are called to, the deepest and most noble parts of who we are. It is not a matter of if we will be tied to something, but only to what. So choose well. And that's what Paul is saying. It's not to what, it's to whom. To what and to whom are you attached? The great peril, the great peril of a people who are on this experiment to be the city on the hill is that if we do not choose well, if we continue to pull apart, if we continue to bite and devour, if we continue to implode on each other, then the city on the hill, the light on the hill is no longer a beacon of promise. It becomes a warning light to what happens when people have too much freedom. And they misuse it and can't be trusted with it. And the eyes of everyone are still on us. So what do we do then? What do we do? And how do we connect ourselves to that which can free us? And if we are rather connected 
to Christ, if we give our allegiance to Christ, then, then we are constrained, but also have the possibility of being perfectly free. There is a hanging a, a piece of art that hangs in the hallway I picked up years ago, and it contains, it contains this wonderful prayer that in whose service is perfect freedom. It is as we choose. It is not because I have had it pushed on me. It is not because it is forced on me. It is because I have chosen. I have chosen to give myself. I have chosen to give my allegiance. I have chosen to tie myself to the demands of Christ that somehow, somehow, then I get to become perfectly free, which brings me to the third symbol, which is this table. Because this is the table that we gather around on a regular basis. This is the table that reminds us that we are tied to the one whose life was epitomized by self-sacrificing love. That we are liberated from so that we can give our allegiance to so that we can be free for something bigger. Something more important. Something we can't get to all by ourselves. The disc allows us, this allows us to, to, to live into that paradox that in order to be free, I give my allegiance to Christ. When we say that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, we are saying Jesus is the one to whom I am tethered. And it is his demands, and it is his demands, and it is Paul who says when you do this, he says, you, you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, but don't let this freedom be an opportunity to involve, in, indulge your selfish impulses, serve each other with love. Serve each other with love. And then, and then to push that further goes the whole law, the whole law that you are called to is this one, love your neighbor as yourself. If that is what tethers us, if that is what holds us together, then the one thing that, that love does not allow us to do is to destroy ourselves, nor our neighbor. It demands that we give of ourselves and sacrifice ourselves and constrain ourselves so that we can be people who are free. We get to live into what it is we were called to be from our very creation. It is not an outward compulsion but rather those things become a part of a strategic, intentional choice. We give our time and we give our money and we submit to the habits. Around here we talk about the habits of gathering, of learning, of serving, of praying. We give ourselves to those not because somehow that makes us more acceptable, God. Not because that we have to do that. Please get over that as soon as you can. But it is because that is the way by which we learn to become freer and freer and our lives begin to lift and to elevate. And we get to become the people God created us to be in the first place. It is this love of neighbor. And I see it. And I see it here. And I see it in people around. I'll bet you do too. 
I see it in people who's, who have every freedom that's, that's imaginable. Freedom of, of choice, but they also have the freedom of resources. People who are fabulously rich. People who are fabulously talented. People who have everything and their lives crash and burn because they have never tethered themselves to anything larger than their own appetites and their own choices. And the carnage around them affects so many. Likewise, I see it in ours, and I was thinking about where, where have we seen it, and I would have to say this. I would have to say that the thing that, uh, that makes me smile the most when I think about New Hope in the last two years is the way that we navigated through COVID and all the restrictions and all the things, and, and all the things, even something as, as controversial as a mask. I don't have to tell you how this went. I don't have to tell you that for some people, the mask became a symbol of oppression, something that we had to be free, free from, someone who's being the boss of me and telling me, and I don't want to have to do that, or something that I had to do. And I was, I was so glad and so gratified by the number of people who around here just seemed to turn a corner very quickly when it was framed, listen, this isn't something we do because we have to. This is something we choose to do because we want to love our neighbor as ourselves. We want to be good neighbors. We want to take care of one another. We don't want people to have to choose between health and coming to church. And we did, and I was, I was very proud to just to tell you the way this congregation responded and continues to respond as we come out of COVID and as we come into what is it going to be of church now on this side of, uh, of all that of the, all that upset and the number of people who have continued to step up and to give and to show up and to take on big challenges not because of an outward compulsion of shame or guilt or anything parental somehow that you have to do this but a very adult kind of a faith that steps into says I will give of myself my time my talents my money I will give my best efforts I will I will do that as a choice that it might bless others. It is a choice of how it is I'm going to live out because I am tethered to the one who invites me to this table with the body that is broken, with the blood that is shed for the sake of others and then invites us to come along and do the same. It is the, the ability to somehow be the shining light and to fulfill the promise that I believe is, is somewhere looking for fulfillment in every human heart in our own way, in our own time, in our own place to be that place as we come and we are tethered to that table. It is 2022. How's that freedom thing going for us? I believe that it is through the flag, the kite, and this table that gives us the context for how it is that we are to live out that great possibility that is in front of us. Jordan has set this summer as the theme of being under construction. And it's not just the fellowship hall. It's not just us as a congregation. It's not even us just as a church or our faith. What is under construction again and again continually is a new humanity that God is trying to, to rot out of humanity and to bring forth. And it is always, it is always going to be as people are able to use the freedoms they have been given. align themselves 
connect themselves deeply to the ongoing work of Christ. Exchange the slavery, even to self, and to celebrate, honor those who've gone before us. And even when there is not perfect freedom around us, even when we do not have all the resources that we want, We've seen it, even as we have seen people with the fabulous resources, we've seen people with almost none, and yet somehow they are the most free. I will never, I will never forget the story of a friend who went to East Germany in the 80s and had to have secret conversations and had to avoid police and had to avoid all the listening and all of that and was meeting with a group of Christians and was listening to people talk in this country that was anything but free. And yet, and yet, even as people who would not give their ultimate allegiance to the state, who would not become part of the Communist Party, which was atheistic, but insisted on being connected to Christ, and publicly so. And so were denied higher education, denied good jobs, were relegated to the side and yet, and yet, the story's coming out of, at the same time, there was a back door that was created. There was a back door that was created for people to become nurses and doctors. Because for all the rhetoric, there was also the common experience that somehow the people who professed to be Christians were better at what they did in East Germany that somehow they cared and they brought something different to the task and people were getting better. They were the people who were through the back door and back channels and nothing official and yet they were sought out to become managers in East Germany. Managers because somehow they were honest and somehow they were connected to something deeper than just themselves or just the loyalty to a state. That they were in it and they were connected to something that was greater and in so doing. Their lives shone, not just for themselves, but then it began to bless all those around us. It's 2022. The freedom thing. May we celebrate the freedoms we have been given. They did not come free. They did not come cheap. Nor will they continue to do so. They always come at a price. They always come not just as the freedom from something, but allegiance to something, so that we are free for something. It is to become the people God created us to be. Part of the world that God is trying to create in our midst. We get to be a part of that as we get to live and tie ourselves to Christ. And in so doing, we become perfectly free. Would you join me in prayer? And so may it be, O oh God, may it be that we not use our freedoms in such a way that they are a waste of what has been given to us. Not in such a way that they only further enslave us. Not in such a way that they further alienate us from one another, but to somehow, somehow offer it back back to you may our lives reflect not just this in this season but in this week 
How will we be constrained, O God, that others might be blessed? What will we give of ourselves, not because of some outward compulsion, but because of an inward invitation to offer ourselves and in so doing be given a new life in Christ. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful week.